to John Fisher and Dave Cavill, this is to you. You were the worst thing to ever happen to the athletics franchise. This team was among the first major league baseball teams and has been home to some of the greatest characters in baseball history. And you were given a license to print money when you bought this ball club and you squandered it. John, you're a chicken. You're a coward. You hide and you make the public faces of this franchise make excuse after excuse for why you can't spend a dime. But the real reason is that you didn't want to. You made a choice and you're too much of a coward to stand by your choices in a public setting. Dave, you're a carnival barker. You came in here like Harold Hill and promised us the world. You threw catchy slogans and coddled the most diehard fans among us, but you, just like Harold Hill, couldn't deliver. You took a heel turn and completely abandoned this team's history and squandered any goodwill you may have created. You were both horrible for the A's, and you're horrible for baseball, and I have a sliver of doubt that you're actually going to get the deal done in Las Vegas, since we all saw how... Uh, expertly you handled the Laney location, but I hope more than anything that your horrible decision-making and lack of respect for the gravity of your investment finally becomes apparent to the powers that be and that you're forced to sell. Dave said just today that you can make movies about all the work we've done in Oakland trying to get this deal done, but you're not the hero of that movie, Dave. You're the villain. You're the Nate in this scenario, the young promising star who turned on the same people who welcomed him in to the inner circle in order to serve his own ego and his own pocketbook. Today I'm joined by Jennifer, Carl, and Kim, diehard and prominent A's fans, and we're going to discuss our feelings, our memories, and our anger. So like I said, please join us in the chat and we will answer any of your questions and be sure to follow all of them. Um, Jennifer and Kim, I'm sure you already know. Carl is uh, Ace Fan by Design, one of the founders of The Last Dive Bar, does excellent design work. Um, and we're all happy to have all, all three of you here. Um, let's just start. Was any of this a surprise to anybody? A little, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think when, uh, I think it was Casey who always had kind of a percentage or sort of a, a you know, it was, 40 60 50 50 whatever once he got down to 50 50 and it was hey this is anyone's game at this point i kind of was sort of trying to mentally prepare that yeah this might just especially with the radio silence for six months about oakland that's when i was kind of starting to think yeah this is this is getting real fishy something something's weird about this so when it finally happened of course it was a major blow um incredibly tough pill to swallow uh but yeah surprising not entirely, but surprising. I mean, I was surprised too. And I'm still, I think, a little bit in shock because, and I've written about this 500 times over the last year. I didn't think it was going to happen. I've thought since day one that this was like a negotiating tactic to force Oakland into doing something and also a scouting mission for the MLB um, for expansion. You know, I thought the teams aren't going to vote for this. Vegas isn't interested in having somebody else's sloppy seconds. They want their own, uh, you know, their own baseball franchise. So I thought that was going to be how it's going to go, you know, from day one. I still kind of think it's going that way. Um, Kim and I were talking before we all started that they've already, there's already rumblings that the people in charge in Nevada aren't really totally on board yet. And Cavill said that now their focus is going to be on getting uh, the support they need to do the relocation. Well, that includes getting 28, 29 teams to say yes 
and there's a lot of stuff in there. There's more reasons for them to say no than to say yes. The most of which is that two point something billion dollar expansion fee that they're not going to get for Vegas if they let the A's relocate. And Manfred's already said we'll waive the relocation fees. So that their share of two and a half billion dollars is out the window. Plus, it gives the Giants the biggest unshared market in the country, which means they're going to make more money. Which means that now the Yankees, who have to share their huge market, are going to have to spend a little bit more in order to compete with the Giants, you know. And smaller market teams are going to just be sunk because they're not going to be able to compete with these rising expenses that the that the big guys are going to be able to handle. So it's like it's it's bad all around. I don't think they have the votes, but I was still surprised that they actually made the announcement. Well, not land deals have happened before. I mean. Fremont. Uh, I think they had to land in San Jose. Uh, so, but this one, for some reason, I can't really put my finger on it. This one, this one feels a little more real. I hope it's not. I hope I'm wrong. But this one just sort of stings a little more. So yeah, Jennifer. Yeah, I think with um, like everything that's happened the last what two years with Vegas that. I feel like that gives a little bit more of a grounding aspect to it, which is is still not great. Um, but like as people point out, like they started removing Oakland in the name on some of the things that people mentioned, like in spring training, that nothing said Oakland. It just said like A's or athletics or just the logo. Nothing was saying Oakland and getting rid of the rooted in Oakland saying really was kind of, the first indication that something was not well except for those, cups, those new plastic cups they have uh the ones you can get at the uh, uh the bullet bar every single one of those says let's go oakland on them so they're gonna have to deal with that all <laughs> my plastic cup last week had no logos of any kind so i'm not sure if those were back order or what was going on but i did find that a little weird to get a cocktail <laughs> with just nothing on it I was like okay couldn't spare on. the extra pennies for the yeah. logo. I don't, like I don't the, know. Uh, where it used to say uh, Ring Central Coliseum. That's that's. There's no branding anymore. It's not sponsored. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even put anything in its place. It's just yeah. It's, it's just, just open. <laughs> it's a void. Like my heart. <laughs> just kidding. It's always been like that. Yeah, I was going to say that's not particularly new uh, or yeah. relevant to this discussion, but <laughs> just updating everyone. Yeah, Dallas Braden actually posted something today. I think he was responding. He was, um, it was, it, he was in that that group, um, that podcast that he's on with the other guys, um, and they were saying, "Hey, what would you like to say to the fans?" And it's just a short video of him saying, "Thank you." I don't know if you guys saw this. That was when I finally broke. Uh, I didn't. I didn't shed any tears last night. I was super angry. Uh, my wife and I were out and on our way home, she said, do you want to stop for a drink? I'm like, absolutely. We're stopping for one more drink before we go home, um, just to vent a little bit. And then today I was doing okay. I just kind of numbed everything. And then I was, you know, doom scrolling through Twitter, which is, A's Twitter is a real good time these days, um, especially today of all days. Today's been off the hook. <laughs> and uh, It's been a day. And that video I do from, love a meme. from Dallas, that finally broke me, so. So in the chat right now, in the chat right yeah. now, um, E, that's all they got here is the initial, 
um, point reminded me of something that I had forgotten about. They're opening a cafe in the Oakland airport. This was just announced like mm -hmm. this was just announced That's within the last right. week. So, in the old, uh, the original terminal. I saw it last year What's the flying up to Seattle and was like, oh, that's uh -huh. an interesting choice. Why, why would they do that? So that when you fly to Vegas via Southwest, you can stop by the A's Cafe. Awkward. Uh, I didn't think about it as an exit destination. That's how I interpreted <laughs> it. And I'm sure that maybe wasn't the original intent and they just took a long time to build. But um salty so that's how i interpreted it but they knew they've known that this was coming they knew where they were progress was in oakland they knew where they were progress was in vegas and they're selling us a bill of goods if you believe what's coming out uh like from cassie casey pratt about what happened behind closed doors in oakland the team is selling us a bill of goods about the progress there they were going to announce tomorrow that they'd made all this progress and that they were only $80 million short of the money that the A's had requested tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. the A's telling us that the, that they, uh, that the city isn't working with them. That's all bull. If you were to believe what you see on Twitter, uh, the A's haven't had a single meeting since the new mayor was inaugurated. But if, if you talk to the city, they've had meetings every day for like the last two weeks. You know, so but they they still they knew that they were going to do this and went ahead with a friggin' cafe in the airport. I just don't understand how this team operates. And with all the garbage that they're putting out there right now to spend the money on that, E, thank you yeah, for bringing that up. Also, screw you for bringing that up. That just made me angrier. <laughs> I I think there's a lot of collateral damage out of this whole thing. There's a lot of all right. Well. We're not really going to do this thing, but we have to do this thing. Otherwise, it'll look like we're not doing this other thing. So let's just spend the money because in the long run, it'll all even out. It's fine. So I think that there were certain things like that where they're like, oh, don't worry about that. That's chump change compared to what we're really focusing on. I think that they just, like you said, knew what they were doing and were willing to, you know, break some eggs in the process of making their omelet. Matthew Stassi asks if, if the A's meant for this to be a leverage play, and when the mayor told him to F off, caught him by surprise. 100%. I mean, if you were smart businessmen, that's the stupidest leverage play you could do. I, so obviously I, that's exactly what they intended. I think they were trying to use Vegas as leverage and they pushed it too far. They pushed it to the point that the city was basically said, you know what? That seems to be what you want. So just go ahead and do that. And they, they called Basically, they called their bluff. I think that the A's kind of said, let's see how far we can push it. Oh, I see Jen has her hand raised. That's I have my hand raised because <laughs> I work in corporate. So <laughs> call on me. Um, Tony mentioned something about being stupid business decisions. And it has been years of perplexing decisions that I just can't figure out why you wouldn't want to field an okay product you don't have to have you know world series caliber team but you don't need to try to lead the league in every terrible metric out there or you can do things for the fans that are little to no cost like acknowledging we exist not trampling your season ticket holders who are pretty much guaranteed money until you absolutely screw them in every way possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's people that I've known that have been decades long season ticket holders that are like, this is my breaking point. And 
I, I get it. I, I couldn't fathom. I only go most of the time because I get free tickets from people who can't sell them. I did a, yeah, I actually, a thing earlier. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Mine okay. was a, yeah, um, on the note about decades and decades. Um, so um, this is one of those things where this is, since this is probably, I think this is their, their last season in Oakland. I don't think they're going to play in front of a small, angry, sad crowd next year. Um, I think that they're going to figure out a way to maybe share the ballpark with the aviators or something, um, assuming this all goes through. But that being said, uh, when things started to get you know worse and worse, especially in the last couple of years, um, and especially when ticket prices were... so. Uh, when ticket prices skyrocketed from between the 2020 prices and the 2022 prices, because there were no season tickets in 2021. Um, so you really can just, you know, measure those two out. I actually went through and I found old invoices that uh, to see how much the, the, the increase was each year. It was about 5% each year. All of a sudden it was 10% one year. Well, okay, no big deal. Then back down to like 2%, but it was fluctuating. Then it was all of a sudden, I think it was 37% increase for my tickets. Um, my dad is actually the one who started season tickets. When I was born, he was already a season ticket holder. And I'm 42 years old. So I was born in 1980. He was a season ticket holder in the 70s. Uh, I don't know exactly which year, but uh, he shared it with a bunch of friends of his. And then eventually he passed away and I just kind of kept it going. I, uh, I put everything in my name and, and all that. And so I kept it going and, and haven't missed a year since I'm, I'm going to ballpark it at 50 years. And in fact, there was a year when they gave out scarves to season ticket holders, and I got two 20 year scarves because they just didn't have anything over 20. <laughs> so they just gave me two. Um, but I've told people multiple times the only, the only thing, the only reason why I kept continuing it is because I thought they were going to stick around. And I thought that my decades of seniority would come in handy when they break ground in, at Howard Terminal and they say, okay, well, let's go through the, the list and see who wants to pick their seats and blah, blah, blah. Um, but this is, it, it, this, is a, this is a real rough way to go out uh, considering all the decades and decades and thousands and thousands of dollars that have been dumped in every season for 50 years. And the, the skyrocketing of the prices, that's when a lot of people are like, I'm out, this is stupid. The team's worse. Yeah, I, you, yeah. so I don't blame anyone for doing that. But for me, it was it was tough because I I just and I share it with a bunch of people, so I only go to like a handful of games. But uh, it was it's it got harder and harder to get people to join my group each year. In fact, this year was the hardest because a lot of people from last year uh, quit, and the year before that, a lot of people quit. So uh, I get the whole decades and decades, and and I just didn't think it was going to end this way. Carl, would it would it ease your mind at all to know that ticket prices actually went down when you paid forty percent more? Because that man sat in this, I sat right in this chair as that man said to me in real time, the ticket prices went down. And I actually cited Kim specifically in that interview and was like, my friend went from two grand to four grand. How was that less money? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, core math. I, I actually, I, I meant to <laughs> applaud you on that interview. I watched the entire thing. That was a fantastic interview. Uh, for anyone who has not watched Tony's interview with Watch the, it. It is amazing. Uh, yeah, he just hits all the hard questions that everybody was thinking at the time and just does, just cuts right through the BS. And Dave liked to dance around all these things and say all these things that were just not true. And he's like, oh, you could 15 bucks, you can sit in the third deck and we got a young, exciting team. And 
just no. Not our third deck. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice of you to say. Um, that interview came the same day we did that, the same day that he challenged Damon Bruce to an Elon Musk moderated debate. Why Damon Bruce, oh, yeah. as a radio journalist, would want to do a debate versus an interview, I'll never know. And then after the interview, he had a fight with a parody Seagull account yes, and, right. then, and then disappeared from Twitter. And I actually counted. I did an article a month ago, and I counted. And he had, uh, over the course of a year almost, done like 20 tweets. And all of them were pictures of him at a ball game or ducks on a pond. And that oh was God, it. The ducks on a pond. He went from making sure everybody in that park had a hot dog in their hand to 20 tweets over the entire course of a year after that day of just horrible, horrible PR. <laughs> yes, Jen. <laughs> what the Jen keeps raising her hand. <laughs> I'm going to keep raising my hand when I want to interject because I don't like interrupting. Uh, do you recall, Tony, where in the timeline this was happening from when Dave tweeted from the Golden Knights game in Vegas while the A's were actively playing the Mariners at home? Because I was at that game and I vividly remember the not uh, happy chance that lasted innings it was just colossally ill-timed, tone-deaf. I mean, I could go on and on. It was, oof. I remember that. My interview that with him was uh, almost a year ago to the day. It was uh, the first three or four weeks of the season last year. And I think... So it would have been the after the, 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 the after the was, was May 21. Yeah, it was from the previous season. So. Okay. And uh, it was the during the playoffs. Season, right? Was that I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this person's name. I apologize, or maybe I'm not. Uh, Cassell Cortez, who I'm sure we've all seen on Twitter. Yes. Um, he just put in the chat, flash emoji, 100 emoji, duck emoji. So he is obviously Dave Cavill's burner account. I knew we it. Have, we have we have breaking news here, folks. I'm convinced the Rally Possum account is actually oh, Dave's burner because he's trying to weasel into our hearts with affection <laughs> and cuteness. It's not going to work. Good it's luck. Working. I own two Rally Possum shirts. Good luck. I've never seen somebody who he comes out of the gate and it's come to my open office hours. I know people that have a cell phone number. Kim might be one of them. Are you one of them? Uh, I'm not. Oh, well, somebody that we are both friends with, someone that we are both friends with sent me a message and he goes, I am very proud of myself for not texting him throughout this whole process. Cause he's got, this guy was giving out his text foot, his tech, you know, his cell phone number. This guy was, uh, offering people to, uh, come to office hours once a week. This guy was handing out his email to everybody who asked. Yes, this the email I do build, have. Building build the tree house and, and all that kind of stuff. And then out of nowhere, immediate turn. I've never he seen also, someone do that in real life. Yeah. He also, I remember how excited, how excited I was when he did, uh, when he was rebuilding the West Side Club into uh, Shide Park Tavern. I thought that was super cool. I've always thought Shide Park Tavern. That was perfect. Yeah, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the food looked amazing. We had the, the most beer in MLB. We had like 99 beers or something. Um, and everything just looked awesome. And I even actually made a, an Obama style poster that said hope with him on it. I'll, I'll tweet it tonight. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it, yeah. Thing, the things that changed a bit. Um, 
<laughs> he also hosted, he invited a bunch of people who were A's influencers. Did you guys hear about this? Are you, are you I was one. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, may have been the first time we met. Uh, a bunch of people who were A's influencers on Twitter. If you weren't invited, you, you didn't miss anything. Oh. Uh, I know, right? There's plenty. I could make a shopping list of people that he missed. Uh, and he kind of, kind of went Man over. Man of bad taste. Howard Terminal plan and told us all this stuff. So that when people would ask things on Twitter, his little army of influencers could kind of uh, deliver information and correct things that are wrong and just kind of help out with the Howard Terminal cause. That was the last time anything happened with that. So, yeah. so that was by him because we were in that meeting, which so they took us into this lovely press room with a big TV and he's going over all these slides, talking about everything. We were not allowed to like record anything. I know someone that did. I love that your catch is like, hey. Um, I mean, yeah, like that, I think that's what hurts the most is like all the stuff that they asked us to do. They would send us emails after like every so often, like, here's what you need to tweet. And I was like, first of all, that's not how this works. <laughs> I was like, and I that's never why say I wasn't that. invited. <laughs> Some people would just like, I saw people would like copy and paste it right into a tweet. And I was like, that's not how I talk. And people are going to know that that's not me. Tony, Tony Fry, you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never all raise my hand, though. So this four of us, we'll be all talking all over each other. Um, when he first level. when he first took over, they did a uh, focus group thing, right? I bet I bet a lot of you were in the focus groups, and they actually I got invited to the focus group because I had been previously a season ticket holder, and they. Uh, what's her name? Catherine Acker or Acker or whatever her name is. We're in this. We're in this focus group, and some random person. Comes, it was like a scene out of a mob movie, right? Some random person walks into the room, and he points to me, and he goes, uh, "Tony, can I can I see you in the hallway?" I'm like, the heck! I'm I'm getting called to the principal's <laughs> office or something. And so I go into the hallway, and Catherine's standing there, and she gives me this whole list of like. Um, we're glad that you're here. It's great that you're here. We want you here to participate. We want to hear your voice. But as a member of the media, you can't do X, Y, and Z. And at first of all, I was like, as a member of the what now? Like I wasn't, I had, I had been writing for Swinging A's for a long time um, on fan sided, but that was done by the time this happened. I had my own site, but you weren't given the media credentials or whatever, right? But she pulled me out and all of a sudden it was like, you cannot report on the following things that we're discussing in this in this in this meeting this same meeting that 55 people could have just tweeted right there in the meeting what was going on but for some reason and i always kind of took that like because they had that that um that perception of me that's how i could get dave cavill on the phone for an hour but it was super weird. That was one of the weirdest moments I've ever had with this team was being called out and told what I can't talk about. And obviously I don't care, but uh, yeah, it was super weird. Those, uh, those meetings, Kim. So I went to one of those focus groups as well. So they had one like at the building next to where I was working in San Francisco. So I went and it was quite an interesting experience. I, I think I talked with Jen about this the other night, like the people are like, if there's not a place to tailgate, I won't go. And someone was like, well, how often do you tailgate? And they're like, like once a year. And I was like, mm. 
but they asked about a lot of things and one of them was the prices and every single person in that room when they said if the ticket prices increase would you still go and every person said no and i when it got to me i was one of the last people who was like you need to know your market and this market will not stand for you increasing the ticket price. you can increase them at most like 12 percent i was like but i'm like you have to keep in mind you can't double and triple your prices and expect these fans to keep coming what um what focus group where where was your focus group located uh it was in san francisco at um 44. because e here in the chat was saying that they were at the walnut creek site and mine was in Pleasanton, I think. They were at Walnut Creek, and they said it was pretty weird vibes in theirs. It was very strange. Jen. Jennifer. Having not been invited to all of these, I would just like to express my frustration that I didn't get to express my frustration. <laughs> but um, Kim and Tony both brought it up about the, the ticket holders being price sensitive, which makes sense because they're not generally fielding a super competitive team, and it's nice when they do well enough to go to postseason. But that's not almost any year the expectation. And so it felt extremely deliberate, like a business decision to raise prices, to price out their season ticket holders, to cry, oh no, no one wants to come. And I'm like, you did this to yourself by selling off anybody that anybody could possibly get excited about. You're not making any sort of improvements in Oakland to, to move that forward. Carl, comment? I was just going to add that I, uh, yeah, I, I, at that moment when they raised the prices, that's when a lot of people were saying, let's just boycott, let's just not do it. And I really wanted to not do it, but I was like, if they stay, I, I gotta stay in line guys. Sorry. Like, you know, and so it was, a, it put me in a really tricky position. Um, and yeah, it was just, it just sucked. And I know someone else that did that too, that they wanted they're like, I don't want to pay this increase, but you know, the new stadium is supposedly coming. I want to like keep that seniority and have my rights so that when the new stadium comes, I can still get my tickets. And I had that up until it went from, you know, 2,500 to over 4,000. I went, I'm sorry, where, how did my seat become that much more valuable? They're not winning. They're not going to win. You took away half of the perks that came with it. Why? why should i keep giving you my money new ballpark priority was actually even a line item on the mm -hmm. benefits on the email they sent uh -huh. you. yeah oh Go we ahead. have two hands raised this Go is ahead, fun. we can thumb wrestle um as as a proud business degree holder from the university of san francisco shout out uh it yeah it is puzzling the decisions that they made so either this has to be the dumbest collection of people ever assembled which let's not rule that out i i don't, don't know you that. don't you don't need to have a second thing in that list that is the answer End of list. or they're evil they can be evil and stupid so let me just add a third column but it there's just no way that they're that inept right no, it absolutely is. Other than revamping the treehouse and Shide Park Path, which Carl, you should be uh, get your lawyers in line because if they did Shide Park Tavern 
I'm I'm like three shots of rum deep into this, so pardon the slurring. But if they did that in Oakland, if they did that in Oakland, they're going when they go to Vegas, they're gonna have a last dive bar. So be prepared to litigate that. But Ooh. other than Ooh, lock other that shit up. <laughs> yeah, other than the treehouse and the tavern, what's and uh the all access, which only lasted one season, what decision has Dave Cavill made? since he was uh, uh, given this job, what decision has he made that you would consider a good business decision? Well, they made the numbers up on Mount Davis diagonal. Mm -hmm. Oh, you so know what? Like, you're right. You're right. The guy's a genius. Yeah. Just slam dunk worth every penny. The man has done nothing but fail since... Eight months into his tenure. He should run for Congress. I mean, he is so qualified to just talk and talk and talk, and then nothing comes out from it. It's incredible. No, if you listen to Which that interview I had, he did nothing but, and this is a year old, so it's old news. We've all talked about it. But he does nothing but spin it like a politician. That is, he he operates as if he's running for Congress 100% of the time. And just like Congress, he has a, a huge list of accomplishments that he can rattle off one after another, and none of them mean nothing because he hasn't made it. Everything he's touched has been a failure in this club beyond the few cool renovations that he did to the Coliseum and the one ticketing plan that they immediately abandoned. Everything he's touched has been a failure. And if I was in a job for what's it been, six years now, if I was in a job where I hadn't hit a uh, uh, a successful idea in five and a half years, I'd be fired. You know, and I've I've I I obviously I'm going to keep repeating myself because this is all stuff I've written about on Hero Habit. But the ineptitude of this management group, from John Fisher to Dave Cavill to everybody to the six people that work in that in Jack London Square at this point. They don't know what they're doing. And I was talking to someone privately earlier today who said, "If and he's a big baseball guy, uh, a very prominent baseball tweeter. Um, he said, if you only look at it from a business perspective, take your emotions out of it, take all of it, just look at it as if you were a shareholder, Dave Cavill and John Fisher are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Right, they have remained profitable. They're in the black. They're making money. The the value of the team is rising. And my counter to his statement was that you are in a harbor, right, where the tide is rising. You could do nothing, and the value of your baseball team would go up because the value of all baseball teams are going up. And if you would take away their revenue share, and uh. And all the other, but they don't have a good uh, uh, TV deal, right? They are on a network that's partially owned by the Giants that they don't get a stake in. So their TV deal sucks. They have to pay to be on radio. I'd wager. I don't, AM radio, yeah. I don't know this to be 100% true, but I would wager out of 30 teams, they are the only one that are paying to be on the radio. So that's a bad deal. They've got the lowest attendance in baseball. Almost comically so. They've got the lowest payroll in baseball. Almost comically so. So if you are doing all these things and you still rely on the revenue share, you are not good business people. They are horrible at what they're doing. And the fact that they have bought into a business that 
is uh, so entangled with nostalgia and history and family, right? I wanted, I've moved out of California, but I wanted to take my son to an A's game in Oakland, right? He's been to an A's game, but it wasn't in Oakland. Now he'll never get to an A's game in Oakland. And you've taken that nostalgia. You are in the business of nostalgia and and bringing families together and history and all that kind of stuff. And they squander that uh, that aspect of it. They are horrible at this job. Maybe Dave Cavill would excel, uh, you know, on the board of the Gap or something. But he is horrible at this job. This is not a business in the same way that the Gap or Starbucks is a business. This is an entertainment business. This is a nostalgia business. This is uh, a broadcasting business. This is 50 businesses tied into one, and they're not good at any of them. Any of and them. The way, and, and the way they've handled the relocation, they're also not good in the stadium construction business. You know, Cavill did it once in San Jose, but that's, you know, Major League Soccer in California is – a far cry for Major League Baseball. Kim. Okay, so I have a whole bunch of points. Um, one, so going back to like him talking like a like politician, I remember being at a fan fest at Jacqueline Square with Eric, RIP. That's how long ago this was. Um, and him talking, I was that. like, I was like, this sounds like someone on the campaign trail. I was like, Half of what he's saying is obviously bullshit and just like talk. I was like, I don't care what you say. I don't want to hear a whole bunch of things. I want to know what your plan is to make them happen. And there was never a plan to make them happen. It was just saying things to fill space. And that was frustrating. In regards to A's access, that was Chris Giles' project. That's true. That's and true. Chris was fantastic. The first sign that things were not going great was when Chris left. And it has been downhill since because Chris knew what he was actually doing. That's true. And he left and all the like great ideas and business sense that he brought went with him. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm going to have to turn off my camera for a second to uh, refill my wine. Uh, so I'm just announcing my temporary departure. Also, I got really misty eyed talking about Eric because I realized today, one, he would have been hysterical on Twitter if he was still alive. Oh and God. it is just a crime that we don't get to hear his thoughts about all of this because he was always so articulate and kind of just had a, a knack for saying exactly what you were kind of having trouble saying. Um, and two, I don't remember where I was going with this, um, uh, because you got me all misty about Eric, but my bad, my bad. <laughs> That's okay. Earlier today, someone said something and it reminded me of him and I was like, oh, I'm so glad he doesn't have to see this. But also I really am missing his tweets on this right now. Which is like this shitty part with so many things that like all the great fans that we know and like players and that have passed that you're like, I'm so glad you're not here for this. And that's not how it should be. Yep. Yeah. On that note, my um, this the, my my dad passed away in 2013. Before his three favorite teams, he by the way, I mean he 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 did well. He he had season tickets to the Raiders, the Warriors, and the A's. And I'm 
I, I mean, of course I miss him, but I'm glad that he did not have to witness his three favorite teams all leave Oakland in the span of 10 years. I mean, that is ridiculous. So uh, at least he doesn't have to see that. But see, this is what I'm talking about. You are in a business that every single one of us has a story about going to a game with our dads, about meeting a friend at a game, about meeting a romantic partner at a game. Whatever the case is, we all have these stories. This is not uh, a movie that we all enjoy or a comic book that we all enjoy. This is something that's truly part of our our. Uh, our, our everyday life, yeah. Our everyday life. We watch this team 162 times a year. And when you're in the kind of business that can monopolize on that kind of nostalgia, where we will buy, right? Carl and I are about the same age. I'm 41, although I look 65. And <laughs> a lot of that is due to the A's. Um, when I was, I was eight years, I was born in 81. So I was eight years old when the A's went, won the world series in 89 okay the perfect age and i was brought up by a giants fan my dad is a giants fan but i was the perfect age to fall in love with the a's right ricky jose mark carney terry all those guys those are my guys dave stewart all those guys were my guys i collected the baseball cards i had the pennants on the, on the wall i went to the games i heckled jose canseco from the from the bleachers, right? Those were my guys. And I've held on to that now for 30 years. And if you're in a business that can have a person like me, who's got virtually no sentimentality at all, Kim can attest to that. And, and you got me who gets choked up at the stupid montage video that they put out on opening oh day. Oh my God. Right? I get choked up with that kind of stuff. I see the, I remember where I was I was in the third grade when Ricky Henderson broke the all-time steal record because I had a friend, it was a day game, and I had a friend who actually went to the game. His dad pulled him out of school, and they went to the game, and he came back with a T-shirt. That is a vivid memory in my, in my youth, right? This team has been with me for 40 years. And if you own a business that can tap into something that you've been a passionate, you know, fan of for 40, 50, 60, however long years, and you can't get that right, you don't deserve to be in charge of that business. John Fisher does not deserve to have this team. Dave Cavill does not deserve to run this team. They are making me angry at something that I've loved my entire life. I've got, I was showing the guys this before, I've got a picture here that sits on my wall of the Oakland Coliseum. I have a single baseball card from every single top set, uh, a single A's baseball card from every single top set from 1956 or whenever tops started making baseball cards to today, right? I am the person that you could just say, give us a thousand dollars and I'd find a way to give you a thousand dollars. Right, 100%. because the nostalgia is deep. The nostalgia is deep. All right, so I remember when I was a kid, and Carl might remember this because I don't think they did it when Jen and kid, Kim were kids. But yes, there was I am a the point... youngest person here. Okay, you're four years younger than me. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> so, when I was a kid, 
If you went to, uh, if you bought Kellogg's cereal, for two UPC symbols, you could get a ticket to whatever baseball game you wanted. Okay. I do and not so, remember that. Yeah. So it was, and I have a. Kim, are you questioning the math? No. I have three. I, mean, I, I don't do math on the you. fly. You know that. <laughs> I have three younger sisters, so my family taking any kind of group outing was I'm the tough same age as Kelly. My sister Kelly? Yeah. No, you're not. You're the same age as Michelle. No, um, Michelle was a senior when I was a freshman. No, she wasn't. Yes. What year did you graduate? I am not disclosing that information on the internet, but I will message yeah, I you think privately. I think you're incorrect, but okay. I, I will bet you are hitting topics we're covering on this All right, panel. so you're the yes. same age as Kelly. Thank you. She's still not give that me, much younger. Give me, than me my three years um, back. Okay. So, Please. so anyway, so when you did two, two UPC symbols, two UPC symbols, you got a ticket to uh, uh, any baseball game you want. All right. I have three sisters three of them um so there's four of us we went through cereal like crazy but we couldn't afford to take all four kids to a baseball game like crazy right yeah. so we would save those upcs we would cash them in for tickets and you'd get the third deck you know as high as you could possibly go because they were free tickets but every single game we went you know I, I would go with my dad and he'd bring his friend and their son and all that kind of stuff and by the third inning you're picking out which seat in the lower deck you're going to steal and that is like I think they did that for two years. That is a like a, a a deep memory that I have. That like the friend's son that I went with is still in my memories because of those games. You know, we wouldn't have gone to five games that season if not for those promotions because we couldn't afford it. But because of that, I became a lifelong A's fan. You know, I remember parking across. Uh, on the other side of 880 and walking across the bridge because you could park for free over there and walking across the Those things are so ingrained in me. And if you can't capitalize on that, if you can't make a dollar off of that nostalgia that I've got so deeply ingrained in me, you're a friggin' moron. And they are. And they're going to blow all that. They're going to throw away 55 years worth of that ingrained memory because Oakland couldn't fill the $80 million gap, a gap that the guy from the gap could fill without even noticing it in his bank account. Kim, you're on. Um, so everyone, the green room, but everyone jokes about the color. Does the color look familiar? Because it is designed to be like the 70s H&R block. I thought it was green screen. Everyone says green screen, but it was like a throwback to like the vintage A's green. Swinging green? The swinging (laughs) green, like just, it it happened to work out that it was a great green screen. But I have on my my bookcase behind me, I keep this on there and I picked it up and I was like, that's heavy and there's things inside of it. Um, I opened it for the first time, clearly in a very long time to figure out what it was and now I'm depressed because it's my 2020 season tickets that I never got to use. And now I'm even more depressed because it's like, oh, sweet discounts, merchandise discounts, concession stand discounts, my free parking pass, all these things. I'm like, yeah, all of those are gone. Also, also gone. 
Marcus. <laughs> I'm like, this is just a box of depressingness now. Thank you. But again, yeah, that's, access, that's the other question. What, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around what like, and there's no right answer for this. It's just a question. What, I have what, the right answer. What <laughs> What do you do? What do you do with all this stuff? You know. Am I gonna continue wearing A's gear around? Am I still going? Yeah. Am I just? I don't know. I mean, and if they are, they gonna keep the green and gold and and the name and all that stuff? And then do I look like I'm supporting the Las Vegas A's? There's just I don't know. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. I, mean, I have two. Hold on. Let me hold my hand back up. <laughs> I have two thoughts before we move on to the merch. Because I, I think that that very much begs a discussion because I've seen some like across the board things today about burning merch and, you know, do, do you want my stuff? And so I, de I definitely want to discuss that. But when what Tony was talking about, you know, was growing up and all that nostalgia, they're throwing that away from generations of folks that have come to the Coliseum. And I would have gone pretty much anywhere in Northern California and I probably could have stomached Portland if it was done in a in a in a way that felt like we've exhausted our options and this is this is where we're at. But it felt like we were lied to about Vegas and then it was like surprise we're building there. And I that I can't accept. But if they were interested in putting butts in seats, they have an entire third deck that has like five people on any given night. And God bless whoever keeps buying tickets up there because they're staffing security. And you know it's costing them more than they made on those tickets. And I just think that's hysterical because they're just roaming around there like gazelle. But if they wanted butts and seats, they could be charging $5 for just get up there access and get a wristband and just roam around. Like they, they're not trying to make money. That's abundantly clear. Uh, back on the merch, I will donate some of the stuff that I will probably never ever wear again just because I don't need 65 jackets and 35 t-shirts from every single thing that's ever happened over the years. I have like 2012 we own the west shirts and 2013 whatever the theme was that year and 2014 all in and 2014 this is impossible with the possum. I mean I have every thing that's ever been <laughs> marketed at me. I'm like oh I will buy that. I don't need all of those but I, I can't fathom getting rid of my merch. The A's are still my team. I'm just never going to buy a single damn thing that has the word Vegas on it. And I can't imagine stepping foot inside of a stadium in Vegas with the caveat that if it is my mother's dying wish to see the A's in their new place, I will go. I will be drinking and she will be in charge of me. Fully chaperoning completely. And she's not even overly invested in going to Vegas. She she was like, well, I guess we'll just see the A's on the road now from from now on. I'm like, that's the plan. Pardon the rambling. My hand is down. It's fine. Kim? Um, so obviously, obviously, I'm a Raiders fan as well. And like, it's been a couple of years. And whenever it says LV on the score, it it hurts still. And it's been what three seasons now. Um, we went. I did a race in Vegas in February, and we, you know, took a tour of the stadium. It's nice. It's gorgeous. It's lovely. It's not the Coliseum. I don't. I don't care how nice your stadium is. Like that nostalgia, that feeling that you get when you're at your stadium, is something that you can't replicate. You can't just build a new thing. Like, like look at Yankee Stadium. 
like it's not the same everyone says it's not the same and that's what's so hard like i what hurts even more is that it's like you've taken a second team really get your own stop taking our stuff you homewrecker um the merchandise only gambling in <laughs> reno from now on the merchandise is hard and like i know tony and i talked about this because we we've all discussed going to colorado for the series out there and um obviously we're you know talking about what would you do and I'm, i mentioned i was like i might just wear my kelly green says oakland and put a black stripe across oakland I'm like you don't care about oakland i'm so. only gonna wear oakland stuff from now on because i'm salty i'm wondering what jerseys they're gonna wear on the road trip i'm really curious because half of their jerseys say oakland and um you you burn that bridge <laughs> carl i mean i was gonna say the, the only i always wanted to get one of the like professional button-up jerseys and i finally got one and i knew i wanted it to say oakland on the front and not athletics just to represent the city um and then the question was, well, what name do I put on the back? And I finally settled on nothing. I put no name on the back. I'm like, I can't think of a player who's going to stick around. And sure enough, here we are. What player? I mean, yeah. what the biggest no name had was what? Eric Chavez, 66 million. Was that the biggest one? Yeah. 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 I mean, anyway. I feel like all of us have at least one jersey with no name because that player can never be traded. I, they right. did for my first year as a season ticket holder. They gave full season ticket holders an authentic Kelly Green jersey. And we got to like pick the name and the number. So mine has Kim and then I think 18 because that was my oh, first uh, year as a season ticket holder. And every time I wore it, they lost. I thought you were talking about when you said the, the jersey they gave to season ticket holders. I thought mm -hmm. you were talking about the. At Olsen jersey. Fiasco. No, not that shit show. <laughs> I'm talking about in uh, 2018 when they gave a shit. I stopped buying named jerseys. Uh, it took a, a little too long to learn this lesson, but let this be a cautionary tale to everyone out there. I bought a Cespedes jersey in mid-July of 2014, and I never got to wear it because <laughs> he was traded to the Red Sox. I'm laughing because it's just fucking ridiculous. It gets worse. I bought a uh, Donaldson jersey on Black Friday. Uh, he was traded while I was actively shopping and hadn't checked my phone. Uh, and it was a Black Friday sale, so no, you couldn't return it. So I have a Donaldson jersey that uh, I finally wore years later after it stopped being so horrible. And then I have a Billy Butler jersey, which I bought in a tent <laughs> sale, but that was because it was ironically hilarious that we have Billy Butler jerseys. Like they were like, yeah, people are gonna want these. And we're going to buy a bunch. So I crossed I, out his name and put Reddick because he's 16. Which I laughed because like we went to the Mets and they didn't have anything for Canna or Bassett last year. And we're like, or Marte. We couldn't find yeah. anything. We found a vintage Cespedes. We found a whole bunch of vintage Cespedes. And I was like, I don't want this. But it was like $400 Cespedes game worn jersey. And I was like, oh, I was like, I got like 50 bucks to spend what you got. <laughs> so Q in the so chat says, Q in the chat says, so you bought a blank jersey and the whole team went away. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. This is all if I, if I If I put Oakland on the back of a jersey, like, can it reverse things? No, we should all put Las Vegas on the back and then they'll come back oh. to Oakland. So 
Um, <laughs> that's that's the key. <laughs> Things fall apart with that. Honestly, yeah. it being my fault is very on brand. So that's I true. will I will Vegas number twenty seven. My bad, guys. So I'm gonna let the ridiculousness of buying a Billy Butler jersey just slip away and pass, best, and we'll just, best purchase. We're, just we're not going to talk I about wear that. Every time that never happens. <laughs> Literally, like a week ago, when uh, the A's were getting all sorts of bad press about four thousand people showing up to their games, I wrote a piece that was saying that um, this wasn't intentional. You're seeing all these people that are coming out and saying this is exactly what ownership wanted. They want to be able to make the case that. Uh, Oakland can't support a team. And that's ridiculous, I think. There's no way it's intentional because every there's 29 owners that know exactly how much the A's are spending on payroll. They know what they're spending on marketing. They know what the, the record is. Um, they're not going to be fooled by this. There's no way the Mets owner is going to sit there and go, well, there's 4,000 people at the game. That must mean that the, the it can't sustain a, a baseball team. They know what's going on. They see it. We all see it. So I wrote this piece like a week ago. Now it's already moot because the I also said the A's will never go to Vegas, and here we are. Um, do you think now, looking at it with the, the potential move, do you think I was wrong? Was it an intentional thing to tank this team in this way? Um, and if so, what do you think the A's have to gain from tanking like this that they didn't already have um, – just operating like a normal baseball team would. Go ahead, Jen. <laughs> like you're the the hand raised. <laughs> Was waiting to be called on. I'm very polite. Uh, I I am of the camp that I think this was a very intentional decision to drive away fans. And I, I definitely can see an argument that it was just bad, bad business decisions that just compounded, but it felt very intentional. And the way that I interpreted that was, Oh, look, the Warriors left. Oh, look, the Raiders left. We can't have sports here. And the only path forward is in Vegas or whatever insert city here. And that that's just how it felt to me. Um, but once that's been ingrained enough every decision just looks like that to me but here's the thing i'll let you go in a second kim here's the thing with that put your hand out is if you cut the bay area in half right and split half to the a's half to the giants if you flip flip it 25 75 to the giants it's still a larger market than las vegas and now with the move to las vegas las vegas you've got the Las Vegas A's, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the LA Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, and the Los Angeles Angels. That's five teams within 330 miles of each other. So they will move closer to those teams than they are right now. Right? So that market now, now it's a it's day trip. super oversaturated. Now it's, now it's a day trip. If I live in LA, I can make a drive to Vegas and go see an A's game. So they've gone to a smaller market and a more congested market all in once. What do they have to gain from, from making that move? What do they have to gain from tanking? Because like I said, the, the owners know what's going on. They know that it's a tank job. What do they have to gain? I think this is just another unintentional, stupid business move. Can't roll that out. 
I'm just going to go. Um, yeah. So looking at like historical trends and other teams, um, I'm going to use the Pittsburgh Pirates as my number one source because they sucked for years. I know that they did like boycotts, they did walkouts, everything. And they still, because they were like, they're not paying for things. They're just letting this team be trash year after year. And that was a fair point. They fight, like no one's taking, threatening to take their stadium away. The Rays have bad attendance. They're a winning team. That does, just because you win doesn't guarantee that you're going to get things you want. I know the Rockies are kind of boycotting their team that they're having a similar issue because they're trying to move to, apparently. The Diamondbacks are trying to move to a new stadium because they're upset with their situation, whatever. And I know I've heard rumblings that their potential new stadium is not happening now or there's there's issues that, which is cool. Um, but you can't, I had so many people in my menu today and it was pissing me off every single time. They're like, this is the fans fault for not going to the games. I'm like, excuse me. But then some, I said it to someone, I was like, this person was like, don't bring up other franchises. I was like, because if I bring up other franchises, it proves that your statement is wrong, that it's not the fans fault because fans not showing up to other teams, they didn't lose their team. So how, how is it only Oakland? There's something going on behind the scenes that they just don't give a shit. And the Raiders weren't horrible when they left. They had people going. They still left. The Warriors were winning. They still left. The attendance does not impact it. They're, this is a stupid business decision. The fact that they're tanking just is... Counterpoint. Oh, oh go ahead, Carl. No, I was going to say something, but you go ahead. Um. I, I, I am absolutely not ruling out just strictly stupid business decisions because that wouldn't shock me at all if I found out there were a bunch of like raccoons in a coat, you know, clacking away <laughs> at a keyboard. And in fact, I would actually prefer that because at least that would be adorable. Um, I guess it would be possums if we're sticking on brand. But there we go. If, if they're trying to follow what is going on with the Raiders, which is if our fans follow, great. If not, that's not how we plan to put butts in seats. We plan to, hey, hotel, give out these tickets to your high rollers or your guests or, you know, use it as a, a perk. And we can put, you know, 25% of our stadium as tickets that we're giving out to these casinos to give out as perks. Because every time I go to Vegas, I get all sorts of weird stuff that I'm like, I don't want to go see that show. But for free, I'll go. And then I'm buying food and drinks and merch and whatever. And then especially if I've had food and drink and merch, then I'm going to go gamble. And now I'm going to put money back into those casinos. So there, it's lucrative. There, there, There is a business model to doing it this way. I think it's shit. But, but for 81 games? Well, that's, and that's, where, that's where it gets questionable. Like you could do that football. Yeah, there's what, 10 games? Oh, I, I yeah, I don't, I'm not saying like, that this games, was a wise well-calculated decision but that that's the only thing that can make any sense because you know there's no way they're going to be drawing actual fans in any sort of large number there's just they're just not there the only way and sorry if you weren't done um the Who only knows if i was done the only hard way, to say. <laughs> yeah we'll never be done um so there yeah 
just because you get a new stadium doesn't mean you'll fill it or be good. See Marlins. Just because you go to Vegas <laughs> get a new stadium doesn't mean it's necessarily going to go well. See Raiders. Huh. Uh, the only way that people are going to actually come is if John Fisher actually opens his wallet and actually buys actually good players. So, I mean, that's been the carrot that they've been dangling this whole time. Oh, well, if we get a stadium, we're going to yep. get all these players. We're going to be a great team. It's That's been the carrot they've been dangling the whole time. And I mean, we got to, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is we're never going to see it because no. we have a real world example in how John Fisher and Dave Cavill have managed the San Jose earthquakes. They're not spending the extra money over there. They got their new stadium. They got the world's largest bar or whatever it is that Cavill's always bragging about, and they're not spending more. And when push comes to shove, football is a tourist attraction people will travel to go watch the cardinals play the raiders or whatever you know like they will travel to see that because it only happens once a year mm -hmm. and you can build a whole weekend around it it's either thursday sunday or monday right baseball is not that once the novelty of a new stadium in las vegas wears off tuesday nights in las vegas against who the knows? rays any the rays is going to be another 10,000 seat sell, right? They're going to face the same issues they have in Oakland because they don't have the home team fan base there. And they're not, Oakland A's fans aren't going to travel for a Tuesday game. They may abandon the team altogether. And the opposing team isn't going to travel for a Tuesday night game. So they're going to see, okay, we, we have to sell well on 81 games. But if, half of those home games are just given to hotels to give away. They're not making the same kind of revenue they'd make if they were sold to actual fans of the game. And right. So I'm a musician. I'm in the musical theater community. When Jersey boys went from Broadway to Las Vegas years ago, this is probably close to 20 years ago. Now they made the casino that hosted Jersey boys said you need to bring you need to cut this much stuff out of content out of your show to bring it down to 90 minutes because we don't want people off the casino floors we don't want people out of our buffets and our restaurants we want people we this is just fancy dressing the meat and potatoes is outside of this theater right and jersey boys came up with all these innovations to make scene changes faster they didn't end up having to cut content but they sped up the pace of play for that play. Baseball is not going to be any different. Football, you have a little bit more leeway because it's one game a weekend for like 10 weeks, and everybody that goes out afterwards is going to go to the casinos and bars and drink, and they're going to spend a whole weekend in Vegas to watch that one game. I just don't see how baseball is going to be able to do that on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday afternoon. Who's going to a baseball game in Las Vegas on a Wednesday afternoon to watch Las Vegas's team, which is one year old, versus some you know last place division rival? Well, not division rival because we're last place in the division, but you know what I mean. That would rival uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to spend that money and that time to go to those games? The novelty of a new uh, stadium is only valuable to the fan base of that that team. Yeah. 
right? The novelty of a new stadium for the Oakland A's is only valuable to the A's. It is not valuable to Las Vegas. And so I would think within five years, the Las Vegas A's or whatever they're going to brand themselves as at that point are going to be pulling in similar numbers to a, a Wednesday afternoon or a Tuesday night in Oakland. Then what are they going to do? Cav or Fisher's not going to spend money. They're going to we know to that's not true. So then what? Yeah, are we going to abandon this stadium and move to another city? Salt Lake City. It's just so misguided and short-sighted that baseball thinks that they are the same as football or even really the same as hockey. Because there's plenty of people who will go to a hockey game in Vegas because that is an attraction. It was also right? an organic team to Las Vegas. It wasn't a team that they ripped out of a you know fan base. And so I, I could imagine that there would be a lot of excitement when you bring a team to being the first team and it's new and it's local and it's homegrown and they get a new you know stadium and that's exciting and they happen to actually be good. That helps. But that's plus not the, what this is going to be. Right. And E pointed out in the chat here, plus the aviators are staying. So I was wondering going, about that, that. So now you've got two baseball teams that are competing for a fan base and the aviators are already established. I think that that kind of goes into my collateral damage thing. I think that pulling attendance from the aviators and sending them over to the athletics is something that Fisher and Cavill don't care about. I think they're like, well, whatever. If they don't get attendance and we get it, great. I think that it's just, there's just a whole thrash, like a whole, like a path of wreckage behind them in this whole process. I, I agree with that. And and uh, I'll let you go in a second, Kim. Um, who was it here? Deanna, who I believe I know from Twitter, yes. says this from my earlier rant, says it seems like I'm blaming Cavill more than John Fisher, and it's Fisher um, that should take all the blame. I agree with that. And in, in what Carl was talking about, you're pitting your own teams against each other because as of right now, the Aviators are an A's farm system. So Fisher will always find a reason not to pay, right? Now he's saying small market, but he's not a small market. He's like in the third or fourth, third or fourth biggest market in the country. So that's garbage. Um, but you move to Vegas, you are in a small market all of a sudden, and you're competing with your own farm team. So that's going to be another excuse. And you're paying off a $1 billion stadium. That's going to be another excuse. So, if he's hemorrhaging fans off of the aviators, that's going to be an excuse not to pay to, to throw money in a payroll for the major league team. The expense of recouping the expense of the stadium is going to be an, ex, uh, an excuse not to put money into the payroll of the major league team. All these things, not being able to sell out on a Tuesday night in the middle of the summer in Las Vegas is going to be an excuse not to do Payroll advancements. So Cavill is already out there saying, once we do this, we're going to we're going to be among the big dogs as far as payroll goes. But first, I don't think they're going to see the jump in payroll uh, or into revenue that they think they're going to see. They'll get bumps on the weekends, obviously, because it's Vegas. But their broadcasting contracts aren't going to be any better. And now they're they're competing with like I like I said earlier, they're competing with four other teams that are within driving distance of a weekend trip. So I don't think their revenues are going to go up a crazy amount when you factor in that they'll lose revenue shares from the rest of baseball. I don't think the the net gains are going to be all so much positive that they're all of a sudden going to be able to compete with the Dodgers as far as payroll. No. 
and 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 so Fisher will use all of these things as an excuse not to pay. Um, e also says they'll move back to Oakland in 13 years in some kind of doom loop, which, I mean, Oakland once Vegas, if the A's move to Vegas, Oakland will now become uh, the most logical destination for an expansion team. Jen. I'll let Kim go because I think she's had her hand up and I'm scared of her. I love that answer. Because you can beat um, me up. <laughs> so two things. One, are the aviators even selling out their games? Because I don't think that – I know they get a good attendance, but I don't think they're selling out every game. So that should be your first indication of how things are going to go. Going back to the comment about – like a weekend trip, like with football. So back in 2017, I went to the Royal Stadium and was talking with some Royal fans who were unfortunately Chiefs fans, which I mean, I get it, you live there. And that was like right when it was announced the Raiders were indeed going to Vegas. And I was talking with them because they were like, what are your thoughts? I'm like, obviously it sucks, man. Thanks. And their comments were, this is fantastic. It's absolutely the stupidest thing for the Raiders because you're losing your entire fan base. You're going to a site where any opposing team fans are obviously going to come. They're like a weekend in Vegas and you get to see your football team. Hell yeah. They're like, so you're going to divide your tenants into three parts. One, any fans that do want to come visit travel from Oakland or LA to Vegas to see the team. He's like, the other third is going to be away fans. He's like, possibly more than that. He's like, and the other ones are going to be the free comp tickets from the casinos. Mm He's -hmm. like, you are putting your fans as the lower percentage of people in attendance. He's like, it is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He's like, but I would much rather go to Vegas and hang out and party for a weekend than go to Oakland. Which I was like, one, rude. <laughs> but then you also look around, like, the Coliseum, there's nothing there. Tony Fry has left the meeting. What is happening? I, it is my meeting now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> I know, seriously, look at me. I'm the captain. Oh, hey, Earlier, I figured out how to make my photo the biggest, and I was like, oh, Yeah, the no. spotlight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't need that. Hi, Tony. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> welcome to our channel. <laughs> Has her hand raised? Yes. Uh, one thing we haven't discussed yet, and is on my mind because I, when I moved, I was like, "Oh, I'm cutting cable, and I'm just going to stream." So I was like, "I'm going to get MLB Ooh. TV," and no one warned me that I would not be able to watch A's game on MLB TV because I'm in market. But no one also warned me that I wouldn't be able to see pretty much any of the California teams. So I had to get YouTube TV. So now I pay for two streaming services so that I can watch baseball all the time, which I'm willing to do. I want to watch as many games as possible in a day because I work from home. But if the A's move to Vegas, is the Bay Area still going to be blacked out for the A's? Or is that considered out of market because it's not in California? Well, that's interesting because I know the Raiders when they moved that was like our concern was like would we still be able to watch the radio games because they're no longer in market so what far answer? so far we still can 
But I think there was one game that the Niners were playing at the same time and they did black it out. But for the most part, we can still watch them here. Yes, Jen. Uh, one time the A's were blacked out and I was very upset about it. And Tony Fry and I went all the way to the Coliseum and got there in like the third or fourth inning. And I got to see a grand slam. It was Brandon Great. Moss, I'm pretty Brandon sure. Brandon Moss, yeah. <laughs> Never forget. I also saw a grand slam once while I was getting a rally margarita. And that's how I know it works. It doesn't always work. Okay. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> Speaking of good memories, we've talked about a lot of not so good thoughts on this call a lot of airing of grievances um does everyone have a favorite game just to put something good out there one game you can pick one game that was your favorite game you attended at the coliseum i mean i definitely do so i'm happy to go first if you want to think about it go first. i mean i feel like we all know which game it is which game you know we there i i mean there was like so many games but i feel like I have 10, <laughs> like, like 2012, like game 162, like. So that, okay, that was the game, but not for the reason you think. Ooh. Okay. So, so as, as I've said, my dad passed away in 2013, March of 2013 to be specific. So in 2012, I was away for a work trip i was in i was doing like sales training in the central valley i don't know if i was in bakersfield or fresno or something and uh, yeah and so there was uh the first game of the three that they had to win uh, i was trying to get it on the tv at the ho at the where i was staying mm -hmm. wasn't on any of the tvs in the in central valley called all the bars in the area none of them had it on tv i'm like this is awesome so i ended up you know what i ended up doing was the natural was on tv so i watched that on tv while i listened to the game on a's twitter i was like this is about as close as i can get so um then i drove home uh the following day listening to the next game zito was pitching and i could literally hear them chanting zito zito through the radio and i was like getting like watery while i'm driving i'm like okay i, I gotta focus on the road here um get home watch the end of the game and this was the the this was game 161 and my dad who had battled cancer for 10 years and uh finally succumbed to it in 2013 he was watching the game as well and i was like this is crazy um if, if they if, i think it was a tuesday night because i think it was a wednesday game yeah um so tuesday night i'm watching the end of the game and I'm like, if they win this game, I'm texting him. I'm like, if they win this game, I'm calling in sick tomorrow and I'm going to the game. And I'm, and I'm buying a ticket to the game tomorrow. And he replies back, buy two. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I, I, I like, you know, text my boss. I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling great. And the next following morning, yep, sure enough, I've got a cold or whatever. I don't know. Um, and so I get up early. I, I, I go get some breakfast. I go pick up my dad, and he was, you know, his his mobility was a little uh, a little less than what it was before, and so he he was moving slow, and I, he wasn't ready to go, and I was just so frustrated that we had to get going. We had to get to the game. We finally get to the game, and he, you know, he's walking slow, and we finally walk all the way down to our seats, um, and it's like the fifth inning, and I'm like, fantastic, and I think we were down yes. like five two, um, and I'm like. Great. So I did all <laughs> exactly. this work to watch them not win. This is, you know, and then a couple hits, a couple hits, the Cespedes pop up, the, the Hamilton drop, and the whole the whole Coliseum explodes. Just absolutely. I've never heard an explosion of noise like that. And uh, and we're just, you know, we're, we're chatting with the people around us. It was the 
flat out party at the Coliseum. And then once we got the momentum on our side, it just it just carried on. And then we saw them win the division and he got to see a couple of playoff games. And that was the season where in the beginning of the season, we were expected to come in dead last. We were expected to be atrociously bad and we just weren't. And it just, I always tell people, I'm like, I think the baseball gods were like, this guy who's had season tickets for so long, he's got to see one more good season. I don't know what we got to do, but it, it just worked. And so that's that's by far my favorite game. I can uh, sort of relate to that. I have my own 2012 story. I was at game 160 and called in sick for 162. And like, don't get me wrong, those were absolutely incredible moments to watch unfold for a multitude of reasons. I was at the Manaya no hitter in 2018, Kim cover your ears. Uh, I was there, I was dating a Red Sox fan and he was shit talking just a storm like all Red Sox fans do. And I was like, scoreboard bro. And he's like, we're good, no hit right now. It's like, yeah, you're an idiot. You're not paying attention at all. It's the sixth inning. And the guy in front of me turns around and he's like, your girlfriend's a lot smarter than you are, bro. I'm like, thank you, kind sir. Um, I was also at the no-hitter in 2019. Again, Kim, cover your ears. Uh, fears. Um, uh, I was there fires. with Fires. <laughs> fires. <laughs> Had two glasses of wine, that's okay? When the, that's when the lights broke, right? The that was the, so so yeah. for context, that was my first game of the season. Uh, I had been on a, a vacation pre-planned before opening night. So I missed opening night. And the only reason I was there that day was that Eric Nelson and one of our friends uh, who was moving to Chicago wanted to go to an A's game before he moved. And I was viciously sick. This was before I realized I had a tumor, but I most certainly had a tumor because I was dying like actively the whole game. I mean, I was like violently sick. I was in pain. I had the chills. I like was just not having a good time. And when the lights wouldn't turn on, I was like, you guys, have fun. I'm going home. I can't, I can't, I can't sit through this. Like this is torture. And he's like, it's, you know, it's my last game before I move. So I got guilt tripped into staying. Um, and I couldn't keep, like, I couldn't drink a glass of water, a sip of water. I mean, it was like really bad. It was really stupid, quite frankly, uh, against all, I'm sure all medical advice to be there. But, uh, Eric got to see a no hitter, my friend got to see a no hitter before he moved to Chicago and I got to see it. And then I went through all my health stuff. And I think I only went to two games that season, 2020, I went to zero games that season and 2021, I went to two. So it, it was, thank God I was there. I really shouldn't have been. I could have watched that from my couch, but um, Kim watched it from her couch. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's a sore subject. And you know that um, I have, like two and only one is like actual baseball related obviously game 162 um like at that time i was working for a military contracting company and that was an election year and so we had the military shut down all bidding so we were we wrapped a project in july and we're just sitting in the office with nothing to do for months hoping that something was gonna come up. And so I was like, my neighbor who has season tickets was like, I have an extra ticket if you wanna go. And this was like weeks before and I was like, can I go? Like, ain't nothing happening here. And so my boss was like, yeah, that's fine. Cool, cool, cool. Then everything that happened that led up to that game, I was like, oh my God, 
oh my god like obviously it was great that i went with my neighbor and his friend they're they're older and his friend like got sick and was like throwing up during the game and they're like we're gonna leave i was like bye i'll take bart home i'm not leaving and like i remember just like crying and cheering because it was so great and i had earlier that season had gone on the road trip and went and saw them in Boston in May. And like, it was rainy, it was miserable. I was talking with Boston fans. And then my friend worked for a radio station in Grass Valley. And they're like, we'd love to talk to you about sports. And I like called in and I was like, you know, I was like, there's something about this team. I'm like, I know it sounds stupid. I know everyone's expecting them to finish dead last. I'm like, but I just, I have a feeling something's gonna turn up. I was like, I, you know, there's so many new people, new faces. I feel like once they like start to click, like it's gonna be an interesting season. And they were like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. If they might finish dead last, they might surprise everyone. And they did. And the, obviously, the playoff games were so much fun. And I mean, the way the season ended, but like the way it ended, ended. If I don't know, like who else was at that game? Game five or just like being there in the stadium and everyone chanting. That the, the fucking Tigers just like got off the field and <laughs> like sobbing in my seat, chanting, let's go over and just that's a memory that is permanently ingrained and is just such a vivid one. And then in non-baseball was that I was an extra in Moneyball. I mean, obviously for me, because I'm a little older than the two of you. As we have established. Not Carl. Not Carl. <laughs> um <laughs> But like I remember sitting on my couch when the earthquake hit in '89. I remember, like I said, heckling Jose Canseco. But the one of the best baseball memories I have is of the A's, but it's not even from the park. Was 2012 game 162. Uh, my best friend and my sister, who is we've established Jennifer's age. We went to we we didn't get tickets to the game or we couldn't get there in time or something, but um, we ended up going to the Buffalo Wild Wings in Dublin, and we were there among As one does an entire restaurant filled with A's fans, right? Because they got the big screens and you can sit there and as long as you keep ordering drinks, they don't make you leave. Um, and so we were there with a restaurant full of A's fans, and every time the game went our way the whole restaurant exploded. And when we finally took the lead and won, the rest, there was no difference uh, to me between being in that Buffalo Wild Wings and being in the Oakland Coliseum. It was an entire section's worth of people that had stayed for the entire game in a random bar in Dublin just to watch this thing happen. And we were, and I've got video of it on my personal YouTube page. We're all chanting the let's go Oakland and all that stuff. It was as if we were in that game. And that was like a magical moment. Cause obviously, like you said, this was a do or die game. We weren't expected to even be in a do or die situation by game 162, uh, let alone win it. And I'm there surrounded by all these people that were just going nuts in a restaurant, all dressed in their jerseys and their hats and, and all of that, doing the chants and everything. And when, you, when you've when you lived through that and you hear people make the argument 
that there's not enough of a fan base in the Bay Area for the A's, you know it's bull because the stadium was sold out. That Buffalo Wild Wings was sold out. I'm sure we weren't the only ones, right? There are people in this area that love this team. It's ingrained in their soul. Whether they're of the generation that watched the dynasty in the 70s, the generation that watched the dynasty in the 80s, the generation that watched the big three in the early 2000s, the generation that saw the Bob Melvin era of like two-thirds of his seasons went to the playoffs. I mean, it, it's we are all so ingrained with it. And that like just like that will always stick in my head as one of those baseball memories, even though I wasn't in the park. I wasn't watching the game in person, but it didn't matter because I was like surrounded by all these people who had one common interest. And despite having a thousand interests uh, that contradicted each other, we all came together for that one interest. And going back to what I said earlier, if Fisher and Cavill can't capitalize on that kind of ingrained passion and love and support, then they don't deserve this team. Carl, go. Yeah, um, a couple of things. Um, so, Ken, you were mentioning game five of, I think it was 2012. Yeah. Um, the analogy or, or the, the comparison that I saw somewhere uh, after game five was it was as if it, what the A's fans did who were in the stands after game five uh, was just like what the residents of whoville did when all of their christmas gifts were taken away and instead of crying or being sad that their christmas was taken away they just got together and sang and they just appreciated what they had and it was exactly like that and it was like i mean it was one of those things i have a video of that i'll see if i can find that as well i've got all these things to tweet um and yeah it was we the, the game was over season was over we were like that was awesome. And we all just started cheering way louder than, sorry, my cat keeps roaming around back here. Um, sorry, this is more, more cats. <laughs> yes, right more cats. Uh, oh, hello. Yeah. Um, so the second thing I was going to say was, uh, Tony, in response to what you're saying, it's easy to think about all the fans, especially the, the diehard fans who are active on Twitter, going to the games, the ones that are loud, the ones that are talking, um, the ones that haven't given up and, and, and aren't, haven't given up their tickets and um but it's it's and those are the ones that are easy to 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 realize that you've you've pissed off because they're they are the loudest ones but the ones who are silent the casual fans who are just kind of they were just in it for for fun they were in it because the team was good there's a a whole lot more of those that are silent that are left behind that would have gone to the game if the team were the payroll were a little bit higher or they just tried a little bit to put what Kim was saying, something on the field. doesn't have to be an amazing team, just something. So make an attempt. Yeah. Try pretend like you're trying. Jen. Q has pointed out, Q has, hang on. Q has pointed out in the chat that we are all playing. I'm not older than you while simultaneously waxing nostalgia and it's, and it's, and they're dying. (laughs) <laughs> but I am the youngest. Yep, yeah, we know. Thank you. <laughs> no, someone on, on Twitter was like, you're too old to possibly root from the Dodgers. And I was like, homie, I was like literally a baby when that happened. You think I have strong 
memories of the ace dodgers i was a literal baby i do yes we've established <laughs> that tony is old um 73. i remember i remember when ray fossey was behind the plate in uh, 1974. <laughs> <laughs> so rapid fire a couple of things one tony i have watched a many a uh, playoff A's game at that Buffalo Wild Wings. I have vivid memories of taking the napkin and we turned it into rally towels. <laughs> and uh, I have some photos that it clearly looks like I've had, you know, too many beers, which for anyone that doesn't know me, I have a very low alcohol tolerance. So too many beers is like one and a half or like one and a quarter. Uh, the the pin video is when I had a margarita and then Carl and Kim had to listen to me sing Queen all night. I had had one margarita. I never finished that second one because the first one was so like that was pushing. First of all, that video was amazing, and that was the night that we learned that you can tweet videos, videos. to hashtag at the call. What a great night to find out that we can tweet. That videos. was amazing. I was like, I don't think they put videos on. Sure enough, Jet on the stop it. I'm sure they had sort of like engineer that was like, oh, this is great. We're going to have to figure out how to do this. So they were clack clacking. Um, to Carl, I was going to say the same thing about uh, game five in 2012, getting officially bounced by the Tigers. The immediate, uh, we lost was pretty much instantaneously replaced with let's go Oakland cheers. And I just, vividly recall walking back to Bart and it was like cattle trying to get through to Bart. I mean, it was just horrific. Um, you know, I, th I probably took half an hour just to get across the Bart bridge, but everyone was cheering. Let's go Oakland for like at least an hour and a half, the entire ride back to Dublin. The train was, was saying, let's go Oakland. And I've never really experienced that. Um, one of the, uh, quick things I wanted to mention when we were talking about our favorite game at work, it was either today or yesterday. They were talking about like a moment that is deeply ingrained. And I was like, I'm really embarrassed, but my, my deeply ingrained memories are all baseball, all of them. Um, Sunday, I went to the 1973 reunion with my mom who was talking about how 1973 was the season that she was finally old enough to have friends that could drive and they would drive her from Livermore to the Coliseum and she would just have to skip like one or two classes. It wasn't too big of a deal. You tell my mom was like, <laughs> she's like, whatever. And I'm like, mom, you know that in high school, I used to skip every fourth period of a day game. She goes, oh, I know that they, they call you. You know that, that they call you to say that your kids skipped. And it was like, no. And she goes, oh yeah. And I would just say you had doctors. Good job, mom. That's a good mom. <laughs> A number of years since I was in high school, and this was the day that I found out that my mom lied so I could go to Wednesday games. Because I was back when they did Dollar Dogs, Bart Wednesdays, oh, yeah, like dogs. all these things the that are, days. as we've discussed, we're old. We're all collectively old. The thing is, though, too, it just just popped into my head. Ago. Is also one of my best mem memories from baseball in the A's was the wild card game. And I was writing for Swing and A's. Jennifer was writing for Swing and A's. <laughs> and we all went to where we went. 2014. The one. The one. The one. Um, the the one game. That, the I one mean, that, I like the one that we wild card in my body, like 
tenses up automatically. The one that we won four times and still lost. Um, the the one against the Royals. That the one, one that I had to give that one with a gun to my head. I'd be like, so what? What happened was it all went downhill when Giovanni Soto hurt his finger. But see, the thing was, is well, and also Lester's inability yeah, to throw to first. But Derek Norris not being able to make a throw to second. Let's yeah. just save his Johnny life. <laughs> but like that whole thing. So Jennifer and I were both writing for Fan Sided. We had a couple other Fan Sided writers there. And we had organized like a group watch party in Fremont. I forget where it was. It might have been well, in the we, Buffalo I, Wild Wings. It probably was a Buffalo Wild Wings. I will, Wings, I will tell you right honest. now. I'm just realizing this. Literally every time I've ever stepped in, into a Buffalo Wild Wings might have been for a baseball game. But we had this watch party. And obviously the team lost. It was heartbreaking. But I drove home. I had my best friend and Nick, who you all know from Twitter and who wrote for Swing and A's at the time. He drove home with me. We carpooled up there. It was dead silent. And... Even that, as horrible as that was at the time, is still a good memory because, like, we were there with friends. There are so many friends that I wouldn't have if not for A's baseball and A's Twitter to an extension. Okay. Right? Jennifer, I wouldn't have, I have, wouldn't have reacquainted with as an adult. Kim and Carl, I wouldn't have met. Jason, who now runs uh, uh, the, uh, Talking A's podcast, I, I think that's what it's called. Uh, I wouldn't have made a good friend of mine, you know, Nick, uh, Steve from 1234 Go Records, all these guys, Susan, who's a good friend of mine now. I wouldn't have met any of these people without the A's, right? Susan for a long time was my concert buddy. We'd go to rock shows all the time um, because her husband and I have very different tastes in music, so she needed someone to go to. Um, and, you know, when she comes to the area now, we, we hang out. We have drinks. I wouldn't have known any of these people without this baseball team. 100%. Without, without the connection that we have through the wins and the losses. And sometimes it's more of the losses <laughs> that bond us than, than the, the victories, right? We're here 100%. Right now because of a loss. I, that's exactly what I was talking to people about today. I mean, the team moving is obviously – not great and none of us are enthusiastic about that but the thing that absolutely wrecked me today as i was processing it is that there is absolutely never going to be another opportunity where i'm going to have a large collection of these people all in one place all at one time organically it's not like i organized oh we're all going to go to the A's game on saturday i just tweet that i'm there and then someone's like coming up to my seat in the middle of of you know between innings and they're like hey are you jennifer and i'm like Exactly. My mom thinks I'm cool now. Thank you. Thank you for this moment. I had, when I was doing the podcast, I had people recognizing me at games. I had I was at a San Jose Giants game once because I also covered them for a bit. And some random walked up to me because he recognized me from the podcast. You know, it's like I'd go to a game and I'd go meet one person that I knew from Twitter at the game and during the fourth inning go to a bar and have a different person from Twitter buy me a beer. Like those things are uh, – not that I care about being popular or, or recognized in this ballpark, but just that connection that these people, yeah. we all feel like we know each other. We all went through uh, the off-season tragedies together, the off-season tragedies. We're all celebrating one person's engagement while mourning another person's passing. Um, and that's got nothing to do with baseball. 
Baseball yeah. is just what's connected us, and specifically A's baseball. And this team in this area in Oakland is what's connected all of us. And uh, I don't think that it will disappear when the A's go to Las Vegas. But in the same, same sense that – no, because in the same sense that, you know, I had a lot of close friends in high school, and I've got three of their phone numbers right now 20 years later. You know, it's going to be the same thing. We're like, we all have this connection from the past. At some point, the connection of the Oakland A's is going to be in the past. And and so it's not going to be the same. And it's not going to be as meaningful across the board. You know, obviously, the three of you I will always communicate with and always you're, love. You're stuck but, with us, Tony. Right. I tell Kim but, this regularly. <laughs> But you know, I'm never just between just between you and me. I'm never talking to Steve again. I mean, come on, let's get real. Are, are there? Where is Steve? Yeah, where is he? He is busy preparing for record store day on Saturday. He was invited, and he said he's being swamped because they he just got a thousand records he, to sort through this week. He, Kim, and I. He, Kim, and I. Him, Kim, and I. Uh, I've had two glasses of wine, so hello. Um, we 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 went to the the A's Rays game last season, where there was a whopping twenty four hundred people, and I finally got to say more people follow me on Twitter than A's attendance, which was like funny in that one time. But then when it became a recurring joke, it was not as funny. That was one time. Rays. That was the. The, the other shitty team in Florida, the Marlins. The Marlins. Their, I mean, yeah. pick, take your pick. We went to a lot of games last year. That we year just like walked people. around and sat wherever we wanted because there was literally nobody there. And then that's where we thought that the 50 50 was a free. Yes. <laughs> we Even each the bought, many games, we each Kim, bought 50 50 tickets to see if it was rigged because we've never like known anyone that's won it. And now we know someone that there did, were 2,400 but... people there. Why didn't we hear a woo when someone won the 50, 50 raffle? You know, when they won the like, $1,000. I got real tinfoil hat about that last season until finally someone I knew won. Cause I was like, there's no way there's nobody here. We should know who won. Just saying. Well, I appreciate you all. Obviously, hopefully this won't be the last time we get to. This is, I think, uh, therapeutic for us. Uh, the people in the chat seem to be engaged. I'm sure more people will watch it in the next week uh, on YouTube. Um, for those who are wondering, the Warriors won today. So Ew. sorry. Is that I know that. Look, let me have this one thing, Kim. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Like, are they are they going to pay? Are they are they planning to play Oakland the money that they owe? I mean, if you take the money that the Warriors owe and the monies that the Raiders owe, they probably could have filled that eighty million dollar gap. I'm just saying. Thank you. I'm Thank just you. Saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, I knew. I knew. More importantly, be. can we meet Carl's cat? Well, we I don't know it. where mine. Mine's probably long since asleep somewhere. It's my bedtime's like nine p.m. Well, I figured this would be an hour, and then I also figured that nobody would watch because the Warriors were playing. That this would be a everyone will watch tomorrow. But there seems to be some lovely folks in the chat, and then you guys have all stayed for the whole time. I mean, I, I, I could I could show you my fun coin purse. Oh my god! Dude, can I tell a very quick story? Because Kim, that is oddly reminiscent of the kitty blanket from. Uh, oh my god. Uh, many that years is a ago, fun story. many years ago, and I'll give you the abridged version, uh, A's fans organized a let's all go to A's Giants. It was probably the exhibition game before the season no, started. Was, the was season. it regular season? I, it I couldn't remember. Season. 
Um, but you know, everyone wore gold and you know, we really it was a gold out. Gold, yeah. But Kim and I were like, we don't want to sit in the bleachers. <laughs> we don't sit in bleachers. <laughs> we're a little and bit I had I had, this, I had the like sweet tickets from work. So we went and sat in our, our nice seats, and um there was a man that had a blanket because San Francisco was cold. But we were kind of staring at it and we're like, is there a custom screen print cat on his blanket? And it was just his cat's face blown up to be the size of a blanket and i now really want kim and i to get kitty blankets well cute <laughs> was, <laughs> was one of the best things i've ever seen but then he turns around and he goes i follow you on twitter and i was like kitty blanket man <laughs> who are you and he never i've never heard from him he's never been like i think he was lying <laughs> It was so amazing. You has about... just said that uh, Kim showing her kitty purse was not safe for work. So we have to put a, a rating on this video now. I mean, it kind of looks like Sunny Gray, but less creepy. Well, I mean, Sunny, Sunny Gray, Sunny gray is less creepy. Not My Sunny cat. Gray, the twins pitcher. <laughs> who I recently found out is still pitching. Yes, yeah, so my cat is... Sunny Gray, named for Sunny Gray. Um, yeah. I tried to name my cat Coco, as in crisp. Um, and it failed. Is that your she... cat's name? No. She, no I, 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 I tried really hard. Oh, that, yeah, Carl's cat. No, no, no. Uh, I was going to say, so the one that just ran, that's Apollo. But the other, we have two cats, actually. So the second cat, uh, Lexi wanted to get a, uh, a black cat, an all-black cat and call it bean, like our little black bean. And then I said, well, why don't we just add an E to the end and it could be bean, like Billy Bean. So so our cat's name is Bean with an E. Yeah. So I tried to name my cat so, Coco yeah. and she wouldn't, it, it didn't work. So she became Lola because I was just going for a kind of two syllable simple name because cats respond to that. But when I got a black lab, I we named her Kona like Kona Bean and no one calls her Kona. We all call her Bean. And I'm like, let me be clear. It's not Bean like a Bean. It's Bean like a Bean with an E. <laughs> and everyone in my family knows the joke, but whenever someone hears us yell our dog, we're like, Bean. We're like, you know, Tony, like, is this where you Brad Pitt. We went way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like her Twitter after dark, we but now we're on Google guys. Meets. <laughs> It's like mute. <laughs> well, Eric from the Portuguese Heritage Night, which I have oh. been a participant in several times, um, thanks us for all meeting tonight. Matthew Stassi, Q. Oh, everybody seems to have appreciated that we all got together. Hopefully this won't be the last time. We should do this again um, and, and talk with, about other stuff as it progresses. Obviously, we won't talk about the team because they may never win a game again. But... Uh, uh is now a good time to mention that I made a bet with a Chicago Cubs fan that if the A's only gave up 25 runs in a series, I'd win. He would have to take 26 and more. So naturally, the A's gave up exactly 26 runs, and now I have to make a custom-themed Oakland box to mail to they, Chicago. Their run differential might hit 1,000 this year at the rate they're going. It's, it's, I, it's I should have took 40 stupid. and under. I, <laughs> 30. Win, I think they're on pace to win 26 games. It's stupid. I did that's a thing on pace, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> I did a thing this morning where I analyzed the five worst records in baseball and where they were in the 19 first 19 games. The worst team in baseball 
the 1916 A's um, were seven and 12 in their first 19. Cool. So even the worst team in baseball had four more wins than they've got right now. Well, and, and realistically, I don't foresee them no. having a better second half because, you know, I don't religiously follow AAA the way that I used to back when it was, you know, the top prospects are just lurking at that doorstep mm. of coming to Oakland. Now it's like, who? Oh, yeah. yeah what the hell happened with, like, they kept trading they traded away, like, everyone like, that was building up, But they, like, the reason they kept trading away, like, our top players, like, on the actual team was to like build up the farm system. I was like, so we we lost Olson, Chapman, Murphy, all these people, and our farm system still sucks. I could do a whole discussion on uh, the math ain't mathing. <laughs> the math ain't mathing. Well, one last thing I want to say about uh, about just going to games this season, uh, because I know that the uh, attendance, which is already abysmal, is going to get ab abysmaler. It's going to get worse. <laughs> the seller has a basement. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but um, since I already, you know, as a season ticket holder, and, and I share with a bunch of people, so I have a handful of games, and I still have, I've already purchased them. They're already, you know, they're, they're already bought. And I'm not, I mean, I know that some people are trying to get their money back and things like that, and they're just flat out boycotting. I'm looking at this, I think I tweeted this, that uh, my focus has shifted from, like, trying to get good seats at Howard Terminal to just, I want to enjoy the last shred of Oakland baseball that I, that I can. And so I'm still going to go, I'm still going to have a good time. If I can, it'll, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the same. It's going to have a dark cloud over the whole thing, but it's still, you know, you can still go to a ballpark in the middle of summer, get some sunshine, have a beer, have a hot dog, watch a baseball game and try to forget the fact that the team is leaving, you know? So I, I recommend I, re I recommend you try to do the same, you know, just for, for, for no other reason than you had good memories. Don't have it be about the team. Don't have it be about them, you know, winning the World Series or doing anything crazy like that. Just it's just a baseball game in the sun uh, in Oakland, period. That's all it is. Enjoy it. Well, you can. Yeah, I, 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 I share the same sentiment that I, I've kind of gone through a whirlwind of uh, emotional roller coaster in the last uh, you know, it's been a little over 24 hours now. Um, I saw the I saw the tweets about the move, like as I was falling asleep, and I slept like a baby because I was just like, "Good, now we know." And I just went to sleep. But then I woke up, and then I cried all day. So it hit me delayed. But my initial reaction was, "I'm going to enjoy these moments while I have them because the minute they're gone, I'm probably never going to step foot in Vegas." And so I will enjoy Oakland baseball while it is there because it is something that's just fundamental to to my personality uh anybody that knows me knows that that's like one of my favorite things to talk about but uh june 13th don't quote me on that because i don't have a calendar in front of me is originally was going to be the reverse protest against the rays it is still going forward people are still planning to go i'd understand people that aren't going to go now uh, it's a little bit different, but we're still protesting the exact same thing, or excuse me, reverse protesting the same thing. I mean, crappy ownership, just really screwing fans. But I also think it's going to be one hell of a going away party for those that um, can come and, and see other fans. And if you've never had uh, an Oakland A's Coliseum tailgate 
It is really not about the food and the alcohol. I mean, don't get me wrong, that that's great. I've I've eaten some great things and I've had beer out of people's trunks that I'm like, nice to meet you. And what beer do you have? And now I'm best friends with these people because all these years later, I just was inquiring on their cooler situation. But it, it is something unlike anything I've experienced with my other sports teams, uh, just standing in the parking lot and making friends with people that I would have ordinarily never, ever gotten to meet. And I'm devastated that that is being taken away from me. And I don't want to cry. Tailgating so. in baseball, for sure. I think uh, if this is still going on, on the 13th, sell the place out, never leave the tailgate. Let them play in front of an empty stadium and have 30,000 people sitting in barbecues in the parking lot. I because have great tickets to that night. So <laughs> I, I will. I will be in my good seat, Kim. I think I have two. Um, but Tony, I, I feel the same way. I'll probably still show up to tailgates on a weekend, you know, game. And then I probably will just leave and go home on BART. And I, I don't know. It's not going to be the same. I mean, I don't know how many people saw the Oakland 68s. They're not going to be drumming anymore. And mm -hmm. that is going to be weird as hell. I totally support them in that decision. But it is going to be really weird because I don't have almost any baseball memory that doesn't involve drumming um, all the way back to when I was a teenager, because I've been sitting in left field since we're not doing the math, but since I was a teenager. So 33 years, Kim, go ahead. Um, I mean, like all of this, like obviously the last 24 hours have been like emotions, like ranging. I was telling Tony before, like ranging from like really mad and angry, to just like sad, hurt, betrayal. Like they're just, the emotions are all over. And I think my like breaking point was like in at work and the tweet from John Axford was the one that broke me. Um, Cause I, I adore him anyways. He's just a fantastic person. But like as much as I don't want to go to the Coliseum and like go and like, I feel like it's showing support for an owner that doesn't support the fans and doesn't care about us. At the same time, like, I don't know how long I have left. It's kind of like a dying relative or like, you don't know how long you have. And so you want to enjoy those moments and those memories while you still can to cherish them because when it's gone, it's gone. You don't get it back. So like, I, I would say, you know, take it for what it is. It's a farewell tour. If anything, like we all, we don't know what's going to happen. It sucks in the moment, but I mean, I'm still going to go to games. The players, they don't deserve this. Like they had no say in it either. So why should we punish them that they have to play in front of an empty stadium? And that's always been people's kind of thoughts on it is that the, the player shouldn't be punished because the owners suck. So it's just a lot of emotions. Someone else speak. Go ahead, Jim. Um, I will speak. Um, one of the things that I kind of felt today was it felt over dramatic, but it felt like there was a death in the family because I had people reaching out to me that had to say, Hey, this is so-and-so because they assumed I didn't have their number anymore. How are you doing? Or how do you feel about this? And I'm like, that only occurs to me when there is a, a death 
um, that all these people come out of the woodwork. And it was actually really nice to reconnect with a lot of these people because it reminded me how much I value the people that I've met because of the A's that have nothing to do with, you know, we're not only friends because of the A's. That's just how we met. I mean, Kim is stuck with me. She, she knows that. But I, I decided that it didn't feel like a death. It actually felt a little more like getting served surprise divorce papers. <laughs> because I'm like, the sad part is, is that we're going to divorce the A's and they're going to go live their new happy life in Vegas. And I'm not going to be happy for them. I'm going to be absolutely actively bitter. And I don't wish them badly in Vegas, but I don't hope that they do great there. I, I don't want to see them thrive and succeed because I wanted that in, in, in Oakland. I don't want to see that in Vegas, but they're still going to be my team. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not buying Vegas merch. I'm not going to Vegas games. I will see them on the road. I'm about halfway through all the stadiums. Um, so I'm just going to keep seeing the A's on the road. And I'm the, I don't know. That's I don't know. For me, um, I slept a lot better the night divorce papers were served than I did last <laughs> time. Well, Tony, I have a lot of comments on okay, that one okay, for another okay. podcast. That's a, that's a separate thing, though. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, I'll let Carl put in the last word, and then I'll close this out for the night. No, no. And he's not. He's you're muted. I was like, but... why can't I hear him? <laughs> Carl gets the final we word. And he's the on mute. mute. <laughs> I do work calls like this. I should be able to at least hit unmute. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I don't want to see them thrive either. I um I I, I don't want to see Vegas have all the good stuff that we didn't have because of our terrible owner. Um, I just you know, and that's it's a little petty, but it's also. A's fans have had it more rough than I think any other fan base in baseball. Um, I don't know, maybe the Expos. I don't know, um, but like, <laughs> by the but way, they only lost one team. If they have any tips for you know support groups or anything, we're listening. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't want to see Vegas. I don't want to see the, the, the Vegas Athletics become what we were always hoping the Oakland Athletics would become again, because they were, and then they weren't, and then it was just so terrible. And now they're gone, or essentially, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But um, for all intents and purposes, they are. So anyway, um, I just also before I hand it over to you, Tony, to close this out, uh, I just wanted to thank you for inviting me um, and for having uh, him and Jen and myself uh, talk about this. I think this was a very therapeutic experience. I hope that those of you who are listening also got some good thoughts um, and, and some maybe got some solace out of this. Um, this is a tough time for all A's fans. Um, and there's just, there's no sugarcoating this. This is a tough pill to swallow, but thanks for having us, Tony. I appreciate it. Well, I thank you all three for being here. I think this was a, a good chat. I think the people that were uh, watching live enjoyed it. And I hope that um, more people will watch it over the next week or so as we kind of process, like, like you said, this death in the family, it is a very weird feeling to feel remorseful over something that is not, a relative or even a, a single person, you know, but it's this experience that we all share together and we share the highs and the lows and we become attached. And um, like I said earlier, if, if there's the cat, if, uh, if John Fisher and Dave Cavill can't appreciate that and can't nurture that and can't exploit that for uh, unbelievable profits, then that is their, 
uh, lack of ability. It's not ours. And um, I hope we can do this again. There's a lot of baseball season left to go. There's a lot more developments I'm sure that we're going to see over the next few weeks and months uh, about all this. And uh, we'll do it again. Maybe this will be a regular thing and we can kind of get through this nonsense together. And as a last word to John Fisher and Dave Cavill, go screw yourself. <laughs>